Welcome to your music is bad and you should feel bad. And okay, it's working. <laughs> Make sure this nice. dude is actually going to show up. Uh, all right. So today we're talking about uh, play your old shit tours. <laughs> uh, and we got to see two of them in about two weeks. It's pretty cool. A lot of bands are getting old and uh, nobody wants to hear their new stuff. Right. <laughs> and they're realizing where the money's coming from. Right. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So the first one. Uh, is Children of Bottom, which there's they announced. I, I, I have you ever seen them before? Or was it your first time for you too? No, I've never seen them before because so again they were, I they own, were, well I only like those right. first three albums. Yeah, and the footage that I've seen of them live has not been good. Right. Same. So I I figured even if they played the old stuff, who knows if it would be like a, a sloppy mess? And so yeah, so like I. I listened to Hate Breeder and Follow the Reaper, and then uh, Hate Crew came out, and I was like, "Nope, yeah, that's that's done." Yeah, and I, so, something wild was my favorite. Oh yeah, but um, but yeah, Hate Crew it was the same deal. When that came out, I was like, "And it's gone." <laughs> yeah. So uh, so they announced they were doing, I guess twentieth is the twentieth anniversary of them being a band. I, I of think them was being the down thing. and dirty, apparently, <laughs> right, according to the marquee. Right, the marquee is down twenty years, <laughs> down and dirty. And I was like, I, I don't understand. I don't know how that. I, uh, well, like I, I feel like something wild probably came out in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, that's probably what it, up, that, but, that would make sense. Um, yeah. So uh, because Hate Crew was like two thousand three, because mm. I was I remember I was at Berkeley. Mm. um and so you know four albums and you know one every other year like something yeah, like that that sounds about right so like it either came out like i would say it either came out like 97 or 99 so so it's either 28th anniversary of the album or yeah of them being a band whatever yeah. like yeah so uh so basically yeah we both had never seen them before be for the same reasons because either it they didn't sound like they were good live and uh also they kept putting out worse and worse <laughs> new material well again i don't even know because they fell victim to my rule right where well, like I, I didn't well, listen to anything from I, the last decade i briefly remember i remember there's a lot of stuff where i if i heard anything i was like same crap or i didn't really try until there was one where somebody was like it's a return to form so I listened to a track and I was like, no, <laughs> not which form did you think they were returning to? We hate crew? Cause uh, that's not, we know a lot of really unreliable people. Though, <laughs> right, so that's, that's like, that's uh, that can be dicey. That's true. So, uh, so this was, yeah, this was like, okay, I, I'll go see them this time and it'll either be good or it won't either way. I won't really ever have to just like consider going again. Um, but it was, it was actually, it was, it was really good. And yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good set list, and there was I mean there's a couple moments where it was a little sloppy, but it was better than I expected, frankly, right. based on all the the stuff I've seen online. Yeah, and, and so I think a big part of that is uh, I think Alexi's clean now, like uh, like mm -hmm. I, I think he's not even drinking anymore. Uh, yeah. So I I also think he just got married, but like don't quote me on that. Yeah, because I'm not really like. So this is the like, like follow metal news. It's the get, the getting clean uptick, but then like in ten more years it'll be the like like yeah I'm clean but it's boring right, and then I totally hate myself uninspired. And, yeah and uninspired yeah exactly. Well, so that's know, the, I mean who knows the, who knows like but uh, yeah no they were uh, they were pretty tight 
there was only one like obvious mistake that i caught was which when he completely missed that pinch harmonic but i mean that's like <laughs> right, that right. shit happens yeah um the thing that was funny like like very clearly a mistake and they told everyone was so i think they were running late because the set ended at 10 32 which is an odd time yeah and the last note wasn't even done ringing and they played the house music like immediately <laughs> so they came out at the start of the encore and we're like okay we were supposed to have this intro and it's really cool but uh we're not doing that so uh just uh here's the song <laughs> yeah. and i think that was because they were over time mm -hmm. like i think they were basically like you, you're gonna have to cut a song or something they're like no uh okay well let's just skip the whole like right skip the the two minutes uh minute long intro or whatever yeah whatever whatever it was yeah. so um but yeah aside from that they were really good i mean like so i don't have like an emotional attachment to this band like mm. like not like their songs are just like cool metal songs yeah like there yeah. was nothing that was like oh man if they play the song it's gonna be awesome so yeah. it was just like a fun show yeah but it was like really fun and exactly. they did a yeah. really great job uh and like i said they i mean they sounded good they didn't really screw up and even all their like um you know because they have a bunch of like oh like we play the licks together stuff right either between the two guitar players or or uh, alexi and the keyboard whatever like they were all in time yeah you know like it was totally solid that's that's pretty much how i feel about the band too because like that was that was what i liked about them there was cool guitar parts and cool harmonies and um uh it was like just a little bit of the neoclassical kind of thing but not going overboard like Ingve right it wasn't in every song and it's it was, just every yeah, once in a while and it was that mixed with like death metal stuff and like you know i never liked his vocals that much you know uh but and, right, but they're fine and it's they're good because if you could understand the words you would like them even less because like, <laughs> right. you actually look at the lyrics you're like oh right. i'm glad i can understand that like right like red like, light it's yeah. like red yeah. light in my eyes i'm like is this about a district somewhere <laughs> like like what yeah. is this song? i don't know uh um and like i for, i always forgot that i actually liked i thought oh, it's not on the set list i always forget that that song hate me yeah is like is really good except the chorus is so is so dumb it's because it's that whole like i don't give a fuck if you hate me and i'm like all right like are you 13 like it's like that's i, I don't mean know. he and might have been when he wrote it maybe but but i think that was on follow the reaper so that was like they, right but you know sometimes like maybe the rest of the band was like you know this isn't really a great song and it wasn't until and follow like, the reaper, add more cool parts to they it were, when they were like all right we need another song on right. here all right fuck it because like it has cool on. parts in it and i always forgot and i was like so I kept thinking of it as one of the songs I didn't like, but then at the beginning of it, they were playing it, and I was like, I don't remember which one this is, but I think it's on Follow the Reaper, and I like it. And then I was like, oh, this is that stupid song. Yeah. But, like, there's cool parts in it. So it's kind of like one of those bands that was, like, never, like, yeah, uh, like, I didn't expect them to do anything super amazing, although I was surprised how quickly they decided to stop doing anything cool. Yeah. But other than that, it was just like, yeah, they're fun, and it was, it was... I, I was glad I had never seen them before because this is all I would have wanted out of seeing them. Yeah, so a couple hilarious points on that. So um, we we met up at the show with our friend Emmanuel, who's seen them 10 times. Oh, yes. I'm not sure if that's a literal 10. It sounded like a literal it 10. It sounded like, yeah. It sounded like a literal 10. And he goes, and he was like, yeah, I keep going to see them, basically waiting for this set list. He's like, <laughs> and, then, and then he got it. So it, yeah. he, seemed to, he seemed to be stoked. Everyone I've talked to that went to other shows said it was awesome but like on that tip like when i posted about it a couple people were like 
wait, just the show or the whole tour? And I was like, yeah. the whole tour. And it, then they were like, oh, if I'd known that, I would have gone. Yeah. Which, which is, it, yeah, it's, I did they, I don't know how this was so, promoted. And I actually don't remember yeah. how I heard about it. Well, I just remember that when I heard about it, I was like, hey, we should go to this. Right. I heard, I remember hearing about it as some announcement, Um, like maybe it was on Blabbermouth or something. And it was just like, they said their next tour, they're only going to play stuff from Hate Crew and earlier. And I was like, awesome. And so when it was announced, yeah, we were like, oh, like let's let's go to this. But uh, the actual tickets and stuff, I think it might have just said like "down and dirty" twenty years oh, or something. Yeah. Which is again, I'm like, "down and dirty" does not like it's not where like again because maybe it's this weird like uh, well, again, they started off very much you know death metal. It yeah. was all like it, like follow the reaper. It was all this is all called every time I die, and he's just it doesn't make any fucking sense. But it's just <laughs> generic death metal shit where it's like it's death, and it's like he keeps dying, and it's, it's like it's fucking brutal, man. Like whatever, dude. Uh, plus he's Finnish, so like the English is like right, the so it furthest, have to make sense. the furthest from making sense of any of like the European uh, languages, and. Uh, yeah, so it, it it's like all right, whatever. But you got cool guitar parts, and uh, that's cool. Yeah, I yeah I don't know how they promoted the thing, but, but yeah yeah. So but, yeah, I don't think they, they 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 like I said, literally should have been something directly indicative of we're playing our old stuff, right? Because like it, um, yeah, again, like you know, when you just say it's an anniversary tour, like that doesn't signal that you're gonna do anything right. like it just that. means you're like we're great what maybe you're like forever and it's it, it's my, funny because we only did our best stuff recently which is what we're playing it's like wait no my, my expectation like my expectation of someone's having an anniversary tour it's a we want a tour but we didn't put out an album like that's <laughs> right. that's my expectation right it's like we're just touring because we think we're gonna make money but we yeah. didn't put oh speaking of making money the uh okay admittedly the show was the day after thanksgiving Right in New York. Oh yeah, yeah. So so there's Black so Friday. two things happen. Black, Black Friday, Friday. That's super metal. Everyone should have. I, I completely Black forgot Friday. about that. Yeah, that is appropriate for a death metal show. Um, the uh, so that's a hard day because a lot of you know a lot of people who live in New York are from somewhere else, right? So they you go travel to your family, and then all the people who are like, oh, let's go to New York for the holiday, probably aren't going to be like, by the way gonna go to this death metal show yeah so this was actually the fewest number of people i'd ever seen in playstation and there and so there were two things about it that were sort of comical one uh, if you've never been in that place there's like a lower floor and then there's like a mezzanine and then there's two like vip balconies and then a bunch of seats in the back the seats in the back were completely draped off so there's the entire back half of the venue was empty <laughs> Um, we were standing on the mezzanine because it's raised above, so it's way easier to see everything going on. And you, but usually it's like packed right there. Like there, it was not like there were two rows of people, and then there was one dude in the VIP balcony, a single guy. I posted a video of him on Instagram because he was like rocking out by himself. It was oh, it was entertaining. So that was that was weird. So I don't know. Hopefully they made money on this tour, and hopefully that was just a weird night. And yeah. I think they did because yana instagrammed from she was at the um uh the worcester massachusetts the palladium mm. and she was on the floor but like not up front and when she when she filmed forward there was a ton of people and when she filmed selfie there was a ton of people behind her and the palladium's like i mean i i think it holds way more people than playstation theater so 
you know, I think, but again, this, that was the show that, that I told you there's eight bands on it. Oh, it yeah. might as well have been a festival. Right. This one only had four. We skipped the local opener. Then the one band like thought yeah. it was still the eighties. Like literally. We should go through these. Uh, so who was the first one? Um, Lost Society. That, that was the first, that was yeah. the one we saw. That was the first one we saw. Um, they were like kind of a thrash throwback. They were like lost, they were like lost time basically yeah it was i mean they literally it it was 1987 like it <laughs> right. went in like yeah they they cosplayed 1987 <laughs> really well yeah they had the moves down like i took to they you know they did that stuff where they're like hey let's play guitar real close to each other yeah and like and hold ver- our guitar yeah vertically right yeah and the and just like i mean they did the, they had the shtick totally down but it was just like you're 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 on a nostalgia tour <laughs> As a nostalgia act, but like <laughs> of a time period, like you're not a act that anyone has nostalgia for. Right, you're you're cosplaying a time period. A lot of these people have uh, nostalgia for. Um, yeah, but I mean, like what? Like they did their thing. Yeah, two songs was an appropriate amount. Exactly. Like it was like we got it. Yeah, and then uh, Wait, I don't were know. Were they the s- ones that had the, 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 the that had everybody like like? crouch on the ground or some shit oh yeah i thought it was gonna be some like colin kaepernick shit right like like right. He goes, so during the last song the singer's like i can't do his like he has like an <laughs> he has 80s, voice. 80s he has an 80s voice, voice. and yeah, yeah. he's like every he's like i want everybody to take a knee and i was like oh what is about to happen this is gonna be weird. I think he was just having them swear their allegiance to metal or something like that, but I didn't quite catch what no, he was no, saying. No, so I caught the whole thing. Okay, it was it was like it was like he wanted everyone to take a knee so that he could then be like, "All right, now jump up and mosh." It was like, right, but it like 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 he didn't articulate that well. It was like <laughs> get up, take a knee, yeah. and now like some other shit, and then all right, here we go. What? And I, then I was actually very surprised. Yeah, I thought that thing was gonna crash and burn a lot I thought, of people like, participate i was no, like that's what i'm saying like, you guys know this is dumb right? like, you guys know you don't have to do what they no, say just because they're on no stage. one on the mezzanine participated <laughs> yeah it was, that's but, true like almost that's everyone true. on the floor did yeah, yeah. i thought it was gonna be like 12 kids were gonna do it but like yeah like but we saw a lot of special it. uh special uh stuff Activities. going on on the, on the floor <laughs> we'll, we'll get oh, to, which we'll get yeah oh do we we'll do it watch we talk about um, that now well which okay so like the, the sailor okay so the sailor yeah so the one dude <laughs> had a captain's hat on but also like a patch vest it was right um, right he was like total yacht metal yeah yeah and he had really long hair it was like he was really tall picture too. of yacht metal yeah so, so yeah you so couldn't miss him. You, i took a right, bunch you, of videos right. and pictures because also the light would like reflect off oh, his, his white, white hat, hat <laughs> amongst the sea of black t-shirts <laughs> yes so yeah there was the yacht metal guy um there was the dude in the pit who tried to rip his wife beater <laughs> off hulk hogan style yes. so i yes. so i instagrammed it like he was he had been trying to do it for like a minute <laughs> and it was like between songs so the pit you know wasn't going and he like kept trying to do it and he couldn't do it and then thankfully i got by the time i got my phone out he was still trying to do it and then the song starts and then the pit starts up again at which point he then abandons his quest and he ne- he never did succeed in ripping his wife yeah. beater but he kept he was just he's like um and then the dude and then the dude who was like in the pit but again when it was you know not like a super fast heavy part and he's like air guitaring along and and you're just like what like i don't think anyone cares and he but he was wearing dark souls 3 shirt so i was like all right you're, you're, you're cool uh 
Who else? Do I, those are the only characters I remember. Oh, oh, the person with the doll. Oh, so, yeah. Like, in, I don't even remember which song it was. Somebody held up this thing, which from behind just looked like like a doll. They held it up for like a couple minutes. Yeah. Um. Again, I, again, I Instagrammed this, and I got a response like, "Are you sure it's not?" just a folded up jacket and i was like but if it was why would you like hold it up to alexi for like three minutes i'm assuming yeah. the if we'd seen the front of it right there probably would have been something that i'm, that, I'm sure like, they have some weird it. merch like i wouldn't be surprised if you know because i remember there's a period where like alexi got a lot of traction as like cool guitar hero guy oh, although yeah. immediately i was like are people serious about this though because like again it was right when they Got less well, no, good, but he, but he was also the heartthrob, right? Because well, like, or at least he thought he was. I couldn't tell if, if like people bought it or not. No, I was I'm pretty of, sure people did, did because okay. because it was one of those deals. It was like, what was the dude from Sonata Arctica? Um, I knew like Tony Kako. No, the I don't remember. I don't remember who's in that band. But if you I said his name, singer. if you said his name, and no, I'm pretty sure it was the guitar player. I oh, I don't know. I totally can't remember his name. But I knew a, a bunch of girls who were way into that guy, and then and then Alexi became like the metal heartthrob dude right. and bizarrely right also like guitar like he the, the, he had he had or he has i don't know if they still make it but he, he was playing it the, his esp oh he has model, several ESP which is like models do they still make them yeah it's just, so the only one i know is that one with the road i don't know the if roads make... v with the with the like the pit, the racing stripe right well i set up uh we one we had at oh, sam yeah. ash the other day uh <laughs> which is like it's a white roads v with the um uh reaper sickles for inlays oh i don't think i've seen that one <laughs> yeah. i mean i saw your instagram but i didn't notice yeah, the, yeah. the inlays okay the inlays weren't super obvious in the picture but. okay uh yeah but so whatever <laughs> yeah um okay so then do we want to talk about the next band oh yeah okay so then after the thrash band the house music was a low oh. rumble <laughs> for like the entire break and i that must have been their fault they no, must have been no, like, no, you got to no, play our low rumble right, intro. That's the, that was the thing. They were the, oh. So the next band is a spooky black metal band. Spooky black metal. Very spooky. Very spooky band. They, this band is haunted, actually. <laughs> I want people. Oh, yeah. But it's they, not the haunted. Right. So it was. They just I are haunted. I don't know how you say it. Karak Angren. Yeah. Karak Angren, I guess. Yeah. Something like that. I don't, um, is there an R? Maybe it is Angren. I'm like, it's, yeah. I just don't even know how to say their name. I think so. But, but they, right. but they can't. They so they had this the low rumble, which played through their sound check. Like the the dude comes out to play the snare yeah. over the low rumble. Uh, so I was bad. like, it I, was really loud too. It was really like annoying. My, my, oh yeah, I kept my plugs in the whole yeah. time. I, so I had two predictions. Only one of them was correct. One that they would sound terrible. Two that their set would be plagued with technical difficulties because they did that. They did sound terrible. Yeah. I don't know their songs, uh, but they they didn't seem to have technical difficulties. Uh, they certainly didn't with their stage props. Oh, so yeah. they so the so the keyboardist came out in his necromancer <laughs> band leader outfit. Right. right? Yeah. It was like it was like imagine a band leader. But like the outfit's black and has red tassels and then corpse paint, and he kept doing this stuff where, uh, oh, I didn't post these. I took video of it, but I didn't post any right, of, it. of his stand. He, yeah. His... So well, he had the keyboard stand, and it was it was so goofy. It looked like something out of the Munsters. Yeah. Because or, like a... or the Adams Family. Yeah, because it had like a like a skull on it. Yeah, and it and so it like had a mind of its own yeah, and yeah. it would move around but then he did the thing where he kept walking around it 
He would play. He played with one hand. Yeah. So he's only playing the one side, and he and he would like play the chord, and very, you know, noticeably do this, and then like walk to the side. It was totally. It was like Thriller, dude. It was. It was <laughs> yeah. like he was doing the Thriller dance, playing the keyboard, and then the guitar tone was terrible, and then their songs were terrible, and then do you remember the go? Do you remember the ghost? Yo, well, yeah, like, yeah. So there's like haunted. there was like this hologram, like. <laughs> It was so initially when the stage was kind of dark, you couldn't tell if it was maybe just like a you could see the frame. Right. You could, it, it, like like the outline of like a uh, either a backdrop thing or like a banner but it was or projected onto the guitar cabinet. Well, no, but it, it really it was just projected within that frame, basically. Yeah. But it was like a hologram. And it they used two they had two different images on it. First was just like some creepy little girl or something, which which right before they started, they just projected that. And then it just went away and they started. And it was like, oh, no context. Is this related? Because, and then later on, there was one that was just some like uh, old lady ghost right, thing. The ghost like came right. out of the thing. But like, uh, it was weird because I I almost thought like, okay, well, like, but is this going to be part of your like King Diamond esque narrative right, yeah. or something? Because they had a lot of narrative in their songs because he kept like just sort of storytelling. There's parts of the songs where it just be like, but like, not like, if, if not to where it seemed like like there could have been more music happening yeah but instead it was like they took a break so he could tell you a story but it's not totally silent there's still like the key you know but like he would just be like like tell you part of that it was spooky right that's why again they were a very spooky band but my point being like it could have been spooky but still sound like the music is going but they weren't that good they could have also so, just like not played and right. my night would have been better that's true well that's right right uh yeah anyway they, so they the, could the, have, they could have gotten day jobs and we all would have been <laughs> right. much happier they're they're very spooky also that ghost it was very like 1990s wwf quality like that was <laughs> right. my feeling it was like well, yeah, they probably got it on sale. It was like leftover from, holograms from, um, from like the haunted house at Six Flags, from, or no, from from like a yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the thing where like they're like Six Flags opens back up for one weekend, so you can come get spooky. Or from it's like the clearance sale from the previous year's yeah. haunted house or whatever. Or, or like one of the guys works there, and so since it's <laughs> it's off season, so he just took it on tour with them. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it was it was bad. They were bad. Yeah, uh, but whatever. But it was it was weird. Oh, um, and they had no low end, so the low end oh, rumble yeah. was a was a stark contrast to their no bass player. Like we and expected fuzz tone guitar. We expected the you know yeah the black metal uh like like all buzz high saw buzz yeah. yeah. Saw guitar tone but like there was no bass player and then the keyboard player was very shall we say minimalist <laughs> oh, but well, it was probably <laughs> well the other thing is he had a like he had a string he played most of the time on like this that like spooky string patch yeah that the attack wasn't spooky fast enough patch. on so it was kind of like he was like a quarter of a beat behind oh yeah because yeah. it's like he would hit the keys at the right time but then the sound doesn't come in yeah yeah and you're like bro you gotta get a different patch when you play live <sighs> yeah. or yeah. like play with a click that's a quarter ahead and so like you line up it, that, yeah. yeah, it was. They were bad. Yeah, that it was, was real bad. It was comedy though. Yeah, but yeah. it made uh, to make Children Bottom look real great. It was <laughs> a real true. easy act to follow. Yeah, that is true. I'll give them that. They didn't. They didn't. Uh, they didn't upstage anyone, <laughs> except maybe. Uh, well, at least it was more interesting to watch than than eighties eighties dudes. But I mean, it wasn't. The music was worse. Right, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was. It was. 
their their comedy act their unintentional comedy act well maybe it wasn't i don't know i don't know that maybe yeah. it was intentionally like spooky i mean it goofy. was intentionally spooky but i don't think they thought it was goofy <laughs> I, I don't think most black metal bands are aware of <laughs> how they're perceived. I think they think they're scary <laughs> to people who aren't into black metal, but really people who aren't into black metal are like, uh. No, but if you like, but if you like, there are other bands, there are other black metal bands that have like way too much theatrics. Like, yeah. like 1349, another band that I've, I saw at PlayStation Theater and they came out and I was like, I was like, this is, this is theater. Like, mm-hmm. this is not music, this is theater. Right. Like, their music was at least like way more sort of like intimidating like it it or ferocious or however you want to right, think about right. it it was less like goofy like adams monsters right. sp- sp- tv goofy spooky like yeah it's yeah. like they took the worst parts of king diamond oh yeah to- oh, totally. none of the good stuff yeah, yeah just the like when he decides to tell you a story <laughs> in his spooky voice you're like all right whatever man let's get back to the rocket that's that's accurate (laughs) or or no or Or not rocket. just hurry up and finish (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah uh yeah so yeah so there's that i think that's it for that show yeah pretty much um so by contrast (laughs) uh we 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 saw another anniversary it was a 25th anniversary 25th anniversary images and words and beyond and they really went beyond <laughs> with, with it. Um, so, oh man, I was so like, I'm not saying to say I was excited, but I was How? at least expecting to like, uh, like a certain bar of like <laughs> acceptable performance. How many times have you seen Dream Theater? Oh, I I do not know, and it would be tricky to count because I've seen them a lot. Oh, I've seen okay, I've seen them exactly one time because I went to see Fate's Warning, and they were also on the bill. It yep. was in Boston. Uh, so it would have been like again, like two thousand three, somewhere. Mm. It was so, somewhere between two thousand two and two thousand five. I don't remember. Um, it, it was an outdoor show. They were really boring because like they stared at their stuff and played. Yeah, but they were not the train wreck. No, like they, so here's the, the set list was better. They, uh, they, they were them and Symphony X until the last show of each were in the same boat. No matter how much I wasn't into their new stuff, they played enough old stuff and they played it well enough that I was usually happy to go oh, see yeah. them and enjoyed it. Um, Symphony X last time only played of Sins and Shadows, and all other everything else in my opinion is fits under new stuff and in other words stuff I don't give a shit about. Oh, yeah. And neither did the audience because the that no, audience was bored as shit no, for that show. But a bunch of people were were singing along well, to some. those crappy choruses. Right, and, right. Well, there's a handful, but there was yeah, a lot of app, like, a lot of like, yeah, this is kind of cool. But then of Sins and Shadows came on and everyone was like, oh, oh yeah, they used to be awesome. And well, it's like yeah. also that Just audience that is skewed because a lot of those people were their friends from Jersey. Oh, that's true. Because it's it was like the hometown show. Yeah, yeah. So but so. Uh, anyway, yes, so, it may have been significantly lower at other dates. So, uh, but that was really just—I mean, okay. So, like, Russ doesn't uh, really nail the high vocal stuff anymore. Uh, well, but, he has a completely different vocal approach, right? But so does James, actually, too. Right. They both at some like Russ decided he wanted to be Dio and failed miserably, yeah. and and Dream Theater decided they wanted to be Metallica and failed miserably. But you know, I've been—I uh, mean. The list of bands that I've been into who were inevitably going to disappoint me vocally is like all my favorite bands because they just do stuff where it's like you're not going to be able to sustain that 
for the rest of your life, especially when you drink and smoke all the time, which several of them do or did. Um, so, but I can ignore that. And Symphony X uh, has still always performed well. And that show they did is just that they performed dumb songs. So I figured with Dream oh, Theater, yeah. it would be the same thing where it was like, so like, I'll, t- I'll uh, give you an example. The last time I saw Dream Theater, I did not go to see The Astonishing because I was like, I couldn't even sit through it. Like, yeah. there's, I, I, I'm sure there'll be some goofy shit, but like, hopefully they'll make a DVD of it that I can like see and laugh at watch, remotely. Watch at your own pace. Right. And take a break <laughs> yes, as necessary. Exactly. Um, but so I didn't do that. But the tour before that, their self titled album. Wait, they had it self titled as like their 12th album or something? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. I missed. This is how out of the loop I it am. It was the first. I think it was the second one with Mangini on it. Okay. Um, and or maybe third, but uh, e- either way, it was okay. It was same shit. Uh, but uh, they played like I think half or like maybe two thirds of Awake on that tour because it was a oh. an approximate anniversary. So one half of the set had a lot of old stuff and a bunch of awake. And so that was pretty awesome. And all those songs came, came across pretty well and uh, it was a good show. And it was like, yep, I, I'm going to keep seeing, cause that's why I, I keep going to see them because every time I see them, there's like, you know, even if they have, they have enough stuff that's like either I like or close enough that like I always go to see them. And, but this time I was like, okay, this one's gotta be good. Images and words. Easy. And and I I looked up the set list and knew they were gonna play Changing Seasons too. Oh, I didn't yeah. I didn't remember that. Okay, yeah, but, I knew um, that. And so nice. right, I was I was looking forward but, to but I kinda of figured half of images and words I and all of Changing Seasons. I didn't know it, but like I half guessed it anyway because they've done that so many times where it's like, not only are we gonna play all of scenes from memory, but the encore is a change of seasons. And like Oh my god! And then, like a few years later, not only are we going to play half of this album, but also like it's like to the point where it's like it's almost a prog band thing now, where it's like it used to be like, oh my god, I can't believe the encore is going to be this really long song. Nobody else would do that because in a different market, because everyone would leave. But it's a prog show, and so but now we've gotten like long enough into the into prog where it's like, yeah, they're going to play the really long song as the encore, yeah, obviously. Uh, Oh, because you guys don't have anywhere to go. The other reason I was optimistic about this show was because uh, Nick had told me that he saw them in San Francisco or Oakland, wherever Mm -hmm. they played. And he's like, it's awesome. And then he was in town. And so he went to the New York show as well. Like he just saw the show Uh and was stoked enough about it to not only be like it wasn't bad, but to then spend money and see it again. So I was like, okay, great. And then, yeah. and then the show happened. Well, and and to be fair, almost everyone there seemed to be really Way stoked about it, it too. Yeah. Like I was oh, like, man. "Whoa!" Um, well, and like we were in like the upper balcony, and there's dude in our row who like stood the entire show and was like super into it. Well, and, and then the another dude in the, the aisle, aisle who was like but, rocking but the out. Thing in the- is he 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 rocked out like by the middle of the show. He then sat down. He was rocking out like so hard. And I think he was also like super drunk. Yeah. yeah. So I think so he just ran out of gas. Probably. Either he ran out of gas or he got too drunk. and was like <laughs> sit, sit down. <laughs> it was one of the two. He was like images of words. And he blacks out before images of words. <laughs> 
Yeah, so that was interesting. Oh, side note, this is the only show I've ever felt old at. Because, okay. because like, whenever I go to a show and it's, like, all kids. Like, I remember when I saw Mars Volta and I was, like, the oldest person there. But I, but that just made me be like, okay, I'm not, like, out of touch. But then I went to this show and everyone was old. And I was like, oh, shit, I must be old. Only old people are at this show. Well, okay, and maybe, so, and that's what my, like, um, my... For the same reason, I was questioning my response to their performance at first, because initially I was like, they sound old as fuck. <laughs> like, is it just me? Am, or am I just trying to, like, tell myself, like, these dudes are fucking old, unlike me? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. But but I can't, like. You know, but Meshuggah is super old. Right. They're true. 50. True. Yeah. But you, but you don't notice right. it. But they don't they, sound fucking right, old. That's right. That's what I'm saying. No, but so, so no, I, no. And I, I do think, uh, I am, I stand by my instinct because I, again, the, so, all right. The first set, I, we just expected to be garbage. Uh, they, well, though, okay. So, uh, which I missed half of and I right. do not regret. You, yeah. I wouldn't say you missed it. <laughs> um, so, uh, they played some newish. Okay, so like I th- uh, they did uh, one song off Train of Thought, and then like something from one of from the self-titled. It was you know they played as I am. They played which yeah, had, that's with one from the Train Metallica, of Thought. right? Part. And then they put in Ender Sandman into it. Yeah, we get it. Um, that's what you stole it from. I we know <laughs> like uh, so the but then uh, they did To Live Forever, which is like a Images and Words era song that was like was a b-side it didn't make it onto an album but it went around in like the fan club stuff or whatever and so uh everyone's heard it on the internet and but when they played it i was like oh is this supposed to be ironic like because they're obviously not gonna live forever because they sound old because it is over they wrote this song when they were very young they they are now one foot in the grave yeah so they were like let's play that song it'll be funny (laughs) because we're clearly so fucking old well speaking of it'll be funny i literally like thought they were trolling us like no, like james was so bad oh yeah like, yeah, I, like, yeah because oh it, well i've that, it, he's done that before so that's it like seemed but though it seemed it was like one of these deals where they were like we know you're here just to hear us play all the notes so like what if we just like had the worst vocals possible <laughs> like 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 it, it really felt like they were trolling us yeah. but then it went on too long and then yeah. I was like, no, no he's uh, just that's just like sing. his style is to sound like like he's do- so this is this is why like um uh I, I posted about this because I a lot of people like it's one thing if you don't like if you do or don't like James Labrie's voice and like say how he sounds on the albums, right? So if people don't like him, fine. Or if they do like him, fine. But when he's bad live, it's Frequently, not just that he misses a note or two or that he doesn't sing a high note, <clears throat> but it's like he makes these ridiculously overcompensating performance decisions that are way worse than just like adjusting a note down. Right. And he's also someone who already hams it up. Right. Right. Like like the obscene phone caller bit on Awake, you know, where you're just like, why? Yeah. Like, why did you who let you do this? Where was the producer? <laughs> right. right. Like, he's no, that's known, when they started. I think that's when they started self-producing. He's oh, really? He's known for bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. And then he's just unleashed. Yeah. Which you really should tell the story about JP's mix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. OK, so uh, here's well, here's my other theories about James Labrie's uh, performance. So, uh, like I said, I've I first saw Dream Theater in, I think, 97. 
they were touring with Falling Into Infinity, and they were the opener for ELP and Deep Purple. So I saw them in in this big amphitheater where no one was there to see Dream Theater, and so like almost everybody was sitting down for almost all of their set, except at the end when they played Pull Me Under. And like four people stood up like, yeah, pull me under. And I was one of them. And then I was like, oh, fuck. And I sat the fuck back down because I was like, just just that. Although, to be fair, like there was a lot of it was, you know, Deep Purple's and ELP are like old. So it was, it was an old audience. Yeah. So I was like, I'm here for the cool young band. Young ish. I mean, well, back then. then. Well, yeah, yeah, they were still pretty young at that point. Um, so. Uh, but so uh, I'm pretty over the sure years, they, were on M- they were on MTV for something off Falling Into Infinity. I know they were Lie was on MTV. Yeah, off Awake. I feel like something from Falling Into Infinity was, but um, yeah, briefly probably. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but my point is, they uh, over the years, James has had good shows, and he's had bad. He's had good periods and bad periods. I mean, I think he's always just been inconsistent. Um, but. I know there was a period after uh, falling into infinity and uh, they, they talked about it a while later, but there was a period where they seriously were like, I don't know about this guy. And they seriously <laughs> considered replacing him. And I also know he had some medical issues at some point that supposedly affected his voice. And so either because of one or both of those, at some point he like got some coaching and, you know, did some, took some measures. And I think as a result, he had a few years where he was pretty decent on tour and he didn't do too much ridiculous, annoying crap. And, but I think over the years, what's happened is dream theater really, uh, in terms of their career in the way I think their audience grew because it grew so gradually with just like, you know, the internet and like the internet prog scene kind of thing. And like just people telling people, Oh, you heard this band dream theater. That's the thing. If, if any, I feel like if anyone ever expressed, that they were into anything remotely technical, the first recommendation anyone would give them would be like, oh, you got to hear Dream Theater. Right. And then they've just been at it so consistently for so long. When I say consistently, I mean in terms of putting things out, not right. the quality of the output. Right. And I've, um, I can, that, the, that, that the, they just, right, it's just like right. snowballed. So, so basically at some point uh, within the last decade, I realized like, oh shit, you know, Dream Theater is set. Like they're making money and they're, their albums are boring as shit, but like people don't know that because they are getting into them now. And if you get into something late, if the worst thing they're doing is that it's a less inspired version of the shit that they're popular for, it's gonna work because people are gonna like right, because you don't have a point of comparison. Right. If you've never if you've never heard anyone play string skipping that fast and you're into fast <laughs> string skipping, yeah. you would be like, "Whoa, oh, this yeah. is awesome!" Uh, like so, like the rest of us heard it in the '90s. <laughs> right? But if you're just hearing it now for the first time, you probably think it's a really cool. Yeah. So, uh, so I think parallel to that, once they got over that, are we gonna stick with James thing? They're just like. That he, that's the that's our singer, you know. That's the singer for Dream Theater, until who knows, you know. And uh, until we come up with a reason to film a documentary about choosing a new singer, right? Um, which also, like, I think it would be it would be uh, almost worse than replacing Jeff Tate because a even if even if it gave you the opportunity to do something new, which is exactly why I think they would consider because there was plenty of times where. I think people who are into metal a lot, but like Dream Theater were kind of like, 
you know, James just isn't very metal sounding. And so they're always like, oh man, if Dream Theater ever had like a fucking more aggressive metal kind of vocalist, that would be cool. But they'd have to get someone who could do that and also be able to do James's old stuff. Could, they, could you think Ripper could do it? I don't they should know. just get Ripper. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, he's 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 got some range. I'd give um, that a shot. Yeah. If, if Dream Theater toured with Ripper. I don't Ripper, think he could be more annoying. I would go. Yeah. Yeah. I would totally go to that. I mean, I, you know, who knows? Maybe. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so so I think at but some to point, your point. There are a million singers who who are Jeff Tate clones. Right. There are zero James. <laughs> exactly. Clones. And I think and well, that's probably because. Queensryche had a much bigger mainstream moment. Well, also because Jeff Tate sounds great. Right. Well, that's <laughs> true. That's true. And, and, <laughs> oh, and he made good as his voice deteriorated due to his own poor uh, maintenance decisions. Uh, he made good choices, at least. Which is surprising because he's made so many bad choices, <laughs> like like fashion wise, fashion wise, <laughs> repertoire wise. Do we need? If, for those of you who have not heard me talk about this before. There's a video of Jeff Tate singing Lola on local <laughs> Seattle television. And I'm not talking about like as a 16 year old. I'm talking about like recently. In a really conspicuous his wig. <laughs> yeah. Go go watch this. You yeah. like? Well, this, I, I can't recommend uh, watching. Oh, I definitely can. You know what show this is? Uh, and and then yeah. and then the whole bit about uh, uh, pulling a knife on the rest of the band in South America. Like, I mean, dude makes bad choices. Like that is not yeah. up for debate. But for whatever reason. He was able to, uh, uh, you know, have some discretion when it came to on stage, whereas yeah. James Labrie seems to be the exact opposite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. So uh, they, uh, James does that thing, uh, and Jeff would occasionally do this, but he did it better. Where because they know they're not going to do the one high note, they sing other notes higher for some reason. Like that's making up for it, but then like the average, right, right, the average of, but it's like that. I feel like that gives away the mistake, which is like it's so important that you sing high notes or whatever, and it's like, well, singing other high notes doesn't like make up for the one that was like compositionally effective, right? And so for people who don't know, when you're writing a vocal line, you're only you're only supposed to be one high note. There's supposed to be one. If you're Mm. gonna have a line that goes up, there should be a note. That is higher than all the other notes that only gets sung once. Yeah. Like, 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 I'm not even talking about like dog whistle range. I'm talking mm-hmm. about like if you're writing a classical aria and it sits nicely in the singer's range, there is one note that is supposed to be the high note and it does not need to be loud or long. It just needs to be the highest and not repeated. Yeah. So, right. So yeah. like putting more in the neighborhood, right. Like completely yeah. undoes yeah. everything that you're trying to do. And so he'll not only do that, but then he also, like, I think he already has some sort of breath control issues based on, I think, whoever his teacher was, like, way back in the day. Because I remember... You think he had a teacher? No, no. He was... No, he had training. And I remember reading... Are you talking about his makeup training? Or are you talking about, like, like he... No, I mean, like, his... Whatever he studied before, like, pre-Winter Rose. That's, uh... Because I remember an interview, like, way, way back, where he talked about some weird technique, which was... And this explains a lot, which is his teacher told him... And I don't know if it was, like, some you know, lesser known technique school of like, I don't even know if it was, if an opera that he was doing or if it was just a random vocal teacher who taught him the shit, but uh, they were like, you open your, 
your mouth like an alligator so like you know or or like you know uh like a like a canadian in south park you know or like that sort of thing like so, so i think that's why he goes like like that like he goes like ah and like opens his mouth and then i think I this, mean, he's also canadian right well yeah, yeah. so yeah. he had a canadian teacher they taught him to sing like a canadian and <laughs> like uh he explained that uh i don't know if he like actually if they told him to stick his tongue out or if he just thinks that's part of like trying to open your mouth as wide as you or can maybe he, that's super rock and roll it's like gene simmons and he does not Cooper. do it in a rock and roll way at all <laughs> but maybe he thinks it's rock and roll <laughs> it also like he doesn't seem to realize that it makes a certain sound when you go bah! <laughs> like, that's the sound it makes and that's what he does all the time but also he explained like why he used to like he doesn't do it anymore since they got in ears but he used to always put his hand up like this in front of his face and it looked like he was reading the lyrics but it was really that he was them on his hand yeah it looked like that but he had just he was he said it was that he was it would bounce the sound off his hand back at him so he could hear it like instead of putting your finger in your ear he would do this but i like never seen anyone else do that and it looked so dumb yeah because i'm pretty sure at stage volume it wouldn't right yeah so uh yeah i don't so so uh but so i think he has some weird dumb teaching that is like he can't shake it because he keeps doing the same dumb stuff that like it sounds like he's using either too much air or just like not keeping his vocal cords tight or something. it's weird it's yeah. some weird shit he does but it sounds terrible and he's doing it more than ever and and like you were saying it doesn't seem like he even totally seems to think he's doing bad things he's kind of just like leaning into it Oh yeah, he did not. He did not look embarrassed to be up there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I have a picture of him from after the show, and he certainly didn't. Wasn't like da- feeling down after no, tonight's no. train so, wreck. He, oh yeah. yeah. So the the final part of my theory, music wars, is that. Uh, <laughs> oh oh yeah, I forgot. So the the this is the final piece of the puzzle. Is I I saw this. You put the puzzle rig, together. We put the puzzle together. Uh, I watched a rig, recent rig rundown for Dream Theater. Although my interest in them is like diminished because like I know what all your guitars look like, and like it's just going to be <laughs> shuffling. You're like, Mesa I have boogie. an axe effects. So. I have an axe effects, which uh, yeah, which he only even uses for effect. Although, well, he may use it for some other stuff. Although, right, but it's like I don't care it. what amp anyone is playing right. because I'm going to play an axe effects. Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, and I didn't. Uh, I feel like he's he's he. I also and this could have been the room uh since it was um the beacon uh but it sounded like him his whole like he probably had like a wet dry wet kind of thing going and it was like too much sometimes sometimes it seemed like it just it lost the impact because it was like i need to sound like i am my guitars are everywhere like inside your head yeah i don't know i mean i thought he sounded for a live guitar tone though i thought it was really good it was all right i mean it had moments but like there's just moments where i felt like he over processed it oh probably Um, but i mean listen to pull me under it's like i can't remember who i fuck javier read told me about some interview he read like a super long time ago and they they it was like I feel like it was Morrissey or somebody, but I mm. but I feel like that's also wrong. But someone in a sad band, <laughs> and and they played, uh, they played him like a bunch of different music and asked him like like what's your reaction? And they played "Pull Me Under," and he goes, "Sounds like when this dude plays a note, like twelve things light up in a rack." <laughs> 
like, that's highly accurate. Because it was like that back then he had he had those lexicons and like oh, yeah. the Bradshaw switcher into like you know three amps and all it's this like other crazy 90s shit. and shit. Oh yeah, twenty two nineties, huge rack. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so anyway, as you're saying, yeah. But so anyway, so they were talking about uh, their in ear monitors and his monitor mix, and he was like, "Well, you know, it's funny. My my monitor mix is basically just like." Like you would mix the album, right? I would just have it, you know, mixed like so I can hear kind of just enough of everything and it sounds good, uh, except for vocals, no vocals. <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute. You, I was like, that's cheating. That's cheating because you don't have to hear him. You're paying customers do, but you don't have to fucking hear that shit. Fuck you. Fire him. Like you think? I mean, right. like some Just, people would. I, I would. I. <laughs> so first of all, speaking of being paying customers, we paid an exorbitant amount yes. for the show. Yes, it was more than double the price of the Children of Bodom show. <laughs> yes, which was infinitely better show. Yeah. Uh, but I would pay more money if uh, if I knew James wasn't gonna say. So <laughs> yeah. So maybe Dream Theater and Periphery could could do a like a no oh, yeah. no vocals tour. <laughs> I would definitely pay to see that. <laughs> That would be an amazing tour. I would definitely go to that tour. I would pay. I would be like, take my money. I would tell other people to go to. I'd be like, do you, you like, like really kind of like weird technical metal stuff, but like, you just can't stand the vocals. This is the show for you. This is the show for Come you. Come to this show. It will be great. But yeah, no, the weird thing was though. So, okay. Right. So they played, despite it being images and words and beyond, it was structured as beyond and images and words. <laughs> right. So, so I missed part of the beyond and then up through, so they played images and words in order though. Um, the, I felt like James got slightly less worse around Metropolis. And I don't know if yes. that's because he got a break, right? Cause um, there's like a lot of time during mm, that song where you don't sing. Yeah. But then it went from, being like trollingly bad to just not good right um well i okay so uh okay so my the 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 petrucci monitor mix thing basically means that i think after the sort of uh period where he he was kind of his role was in question then they kind of just accepted eh he's our guy whatever and uh Fuck you if you don't like it. They're, and they're like still selling tickets. Yeah, exactly. Which again, this show also did not sell out, by the way. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so I think, and then if that's Petrucci's reaction to it is just, just take him out. Just take him out of my mix. I don't, don't need to hear it. Um, then maybe that means nobody is criticizing him ever now. Instead of kind of being like, hey, what was the one the her? You know, they're just like, ah. You know, they probably, he probably has his own, they probably don't hang out with him that much. <laughs> got his own dressing right. room. Yeah, right. Yeah. They'd be like, hey, uh, James, you're a real big star. You, uh, you want your own dressing room? No. Yeah. After the show, they're just like, James, uh, how'd you, how'd you do out there tonight? Since none of us know. <laughs> right. So like, how, how'd you feel about it? And like, oh, guys, thought it was really good. It's like, good so for you, James. Crowd, good for you. Crowd was into it. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. So yeah, I think they're just like, do whatever. And so he's like, yeah. And he's just marching around there. <laughs> making adorable sounds and uh everyone's just like whatever and then the audience is like they know there's no surprises everybody knows uh so the first uh set i think there was some extra solo stuff thrown in because i feel i feel like it, they added the extra solos and images and words but i feel like there was extra solos in the first set too i th i think you're right so i don't know any of those songs so yeah. i can't comment but from 
comments from other people seem to imply there was that, multiple yeah, they did do like that. nondescript soloing that was just like <laughs> here's a solo like literally not like this is a piece of music yeah here's a solo and uh well okay so the most noticeable one in the first set was uh john myung basically he didn't do an extra extended solo in images and words but he did uh he played a jocko piece uh in the first set which is supposed to be his tribute to jocko but i i mean it I don't know. I, he started playing, and then I just kind of I missed that. dozed off. Like I think um, that happened before I showed yeah, up. I think that was like right before you showed up. Okay. And um, but it wasn't that interesting, and it didn't. It wasn't that crazy. And like I don't. I, I like. I'm not like a huge fan of this or anything, but at least when I've heard uh, Jaco Pastorius, like it sounds interesting. And so this was like not interesting, <laughs> but like there's a lot of notes, or whatever. And like also he has frets on his bass, right? So um, so anyway, so uh. So then you get to the images and words, and the first set like was newer stuff and whatever. So I, I was like, I don't know, maybe they sound old, maybe they just don't like the songs. Second set starts, and images and words through uh, I think take the time whatever's before Metropolis. Uh, everything sounded slow and unenthusiastic, but s slow. Like like I I couldn't tell if it was either that. Like Portnoy would rush, and so Mangini is so consistent <laughs> that it's like it's boring, or that that combined with them playing him like at album tempo, because sometimes you know certain songs just always get sped up a little live, and it sounds fine on the album, but live if they play it at album speed, it sounds like slow, and so may you know so those were kind of my theories, but then around Metropolis it sounded okay, and Metropolis they I mean they're probably playing to a click is probably part of it um and for some reason though it sounded okay on metropolis and but and and from then on it was like it was okay like i from metropolis on i enjoyed and things sounded okay but like the first third of that album it was just like what the fuck and also like like i don't know if it was tuned it might have been tuned down as well well i wouldn't be surprised um, if they probably were was tuned yeah. down yeah um i but yeah i don't know yeah my perfect so that broken. would also tune down plus slowed down equals you sound old as fuck and i think that might have been what was going on but but yeah bizarrely to the solo point they so like during images and words everyone had an like a, a random egregious solo section except john yeah. young mm. and there was a point where there was like it was clearly like oh th this is gonna be his and then he's like nope just <laughs> go back to playing the album yeah and you're like oh okay yeah um um, so let's see. Uh, so during uh, another day, when uh, there's a saxophone solo, and Jordan Rudess has a seaboard, which is, I believe, the best controller, short of like a saxophone style breath controller for controlling uh, horn samples, and he did not use it for that solo. And he just used some synth sound, and I was like, "What?" And it was like, I was like, "It's right there. It's right behind you. You just go. It's like, but it was right like behind his spinning keyboard. Right behind yeah. his spinning, which did not. Which is funny because you compare it to the uh, black metal guys. His moved in a lot weirder ways, but he also played very little on it, and also right. he had a really light, cheap keyboard. Oh yeah. Whereas Rudess is like this industrial the thing, workstation. Like, like you, yeah. you expect it to have like you know, uh, like like it could deploy defenses or something, or, or like know? take off <laughs> right. at any moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But he, it's not. It can't be a space thing because he's a wizard. It has to be magic. 
because right. uh, that's yeah, 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 yeah. no totally um, that wizard beard that it would not his wizard beard would not fit in a space suit like yeah yeah that wouldn't work so uh but what was funny was uh the guy we were hanging out with emmanuel talked to him after the show and he said he had the same kind of thought he was he didn't see him use the seaboard and so he asked him and, and i'd heard other people online say he used it at other shows and so he asked him he's like do you ever use that seaboard and he was like what do you mean yeah i use it for the the sax solo on another day and i was like i wish i had been there because i would have been like why are you lying to me jordan <laughs> i was there it just happened you didn't use just... it i was waiting for it <laughs> fuck you jordan lie to your fans like that but yeah i guess like he just didn't or maybe it wasn't supposed to be like 10 feet away from him yeah, may, maybe and then his he was, like, oh. was spun in the wrong direction <laughs> and he panicked and right. was just like well i'm just gonna play the sax here because yeah i don't I have don't time to get over to the seaboard yeah yeah i don't i don't know but it was i was like what or maybe yeah. maybe he just likes gaslighting people like maybe maybe, maybe. he just likes to put it there so people ask him about it and he's like what do you mean i used it on that that's, solo and that's how he gets he gets his endorsement money <laughs> yeah i wonder how much money they make off their endorsements because they all have them well, he especially like. I mean, he's like synth gear cannot come out without Jordan right. Rudis and demoing he's, it. He like he gets like I think like Rolly. He they gave him a title. Like he has a so like he may be on their payroll. Innovation wizard. Like yeah, like like I just for like as a consultant basically, and that he does demos. And so I think yeah, he probably gets like serious money for some of that. And he has like his own app and stuff, which. Yeah, yeah. All the, anything he plays on the iPad sounds the same. Yeah. And I'm so sick of it because it just, I don't, I'm not convinced it's that cool. And I don't know if it was a Photoshop, but did you see the image of him with like, it looked like the body of his guitar, but it looked like it just had two or three iPads glued on it. I don't know if it was fake, but I was, no. I didn't, at first I was like, it's, there's no way that's not real. I was like, that's totally real. He would do that bullshit and it's stupid, but I don't know. It might've just been a, like a, a Photoshop because it was like several ipads and i was like oh no but anyway so he did not use that uh he oh and then on top of that uh his solo was during uh around wait for sleep he did like a piano solo and in addition to that solo um he like overplayed wait for sleep right he like added a bunch of notes and there was a solo like the actual solo i don't know if it was wait for sleep or if it was like if it was another song, but there was an, an actual solo that ha I remember being, it was very tasteful and melodic and he <laughs> fucked that up by adding like 500 more notes, just like extra runs of, of arpeggios. And you're like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? Like, don't you, wasn't musicality a thing? Like, didn't you, I, I don't know. Not at the dream theater show. As, <sighs> as anyone who seen the one minute clip of, from my instructional video, musicality is the last thing yeah. you want. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's see the and I and I'm standing in front of a dream theater poster when I say that <laughs> that's that's the thing I'm standing in front nice. of a dream theater poster and I'm like it looks cool and people have no idea what the fuck you're doing and that's what's important because <laughs> fuck musicality I think that I'm pretty sure that's what I say yeah um it's the last thing you want so let's see so Mangini's solo was during Metropolis where Portnoy would usually do one. And then John Petrucci's, uh, his, he did this solo where like he sat down on one of his little monitors slash footrests 
And it started off with like, you know, just him playing pentatonic skills, like and kind of slowly and like bluesy, but like there at no point did music happen. Right. It like, wasn't like it wasn't like Luke. It wasn't right. like Luke busting it yeah, out. No, it was so unmusical. I went to the bathroom yeah. and I could hear it the whole time. And I was like, still not missing anything. Still not missing anything. And by the time I came back, it had gotten really fast. And uh, well, I was there long enough to see him like stand up too. like I caught that he like he started sitting down and then he like stood up so that you knew that it was getting more intense. <laughs> Maybe I he's guess. seen uh, that thrash band. <laughs> Yeah, Lost Society. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Yo, I saw this band. They did this really cool thing. They had the audience get down on one knee, and then they got up and marched." Yeah, so it seems heavy. Uh, that's how you know it was getting cooler. But yeah, it just it got you know faster and higher, and then it was just like, yeah, that was really, really faster and higher. That sounds like a that sounds like an unreleased winger song. Yeah, because they had higher and higher. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think they just hit that point where like there's no uh remotely negative feedback coming in and they're just like Well eh. yeah, because you right, because like you said, you know what you're in for yeah. when you go to that show. And and I think that last tour they probably played the entirety of the astonishing and got the same positive feedback they always get, even though I I uh, you know I think I even saw people post about it who were like, This is pretty lame. <laughs> um some people liked it, but uh, a lot of people didn't didn't go because they were just like, I don't want to hear that, you know, and that's all they played. But I think they probably went and they were like, great job, guys. We did it again. And so, like, that stayed with them and the being able to sort of just, like, not rock is, like, okay to them now. And that's what this show was. They're just like, oh, so it's cool if we just, like, it's cool then? You don't need to rock, really? All right. <laughs> Let's just phone this in from here on out. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. So it was like aggressively disappointing Dream Theater show. Uh, yeah. With already, I mean, and with, you know, very reasonable expectations out of Dream Theater at this point. Yeah. And, and, it, was, and it, was it was definitely highly overpriced. So, that yeah, was yeah, that too. I mean, I don't know if that has anything to do with the beacon or something. I usually kind of, I don't know, there. but whatever. Yeah. It happened. Yep. Oh, man. All right. So, are we done talking about that train wreck yeah i think that covers so so i just want to mention one other thing from a other metal show i went to last week um so night before thanksgiving Mm. uh nabla played with i think it's a legion it's spelled like allegaeon right oh yeah but but it's i think you're supposed to say a legion they played at poison rouge and uh like it was weird because it was not warm. It was colder that day than it is today. And you're standing outside and it's windy. And they've got us in this like this like pen right <laughs> waiting to let us in. And I didn't like show up right at doors or anything. Like I'm expecting like everyone should be in the show by now. I'm just going. So I'm like, what the hell's going on? And uh somebody in line asked security and they're like, Oh, the band requested that we that we search everyone. And we're like okay <laughs> and uh so then yeah they like made made you empty out like you know girls had purses some people had backpacks Ooh, whatever yeah. they had to empty everything out like and just me so i have at any given time at least four pockets worth of stuff <laughs> but usually six because i'm usually wearing a blazer with the two inside pockets so so i like have this stack like 
It takes like two hands to hold all of my junk in my pockets, which they then don't really go. They just they're just like, yeah, take it out. And it's like, I feel like at this point it could be like plastic explosive and it would be <laughs> right. fine as long as I took it, I took out, it out and out set it on the table it, because yeah. they're like they never go through it. And yeah. I'm, I'm always just like, OK, here's all my stuff. Um, and then. uh yeah, so so that was like aggressive, and then so I'm down there walking, watching a legion, and then my our, our friend Anna shows up, and she, it was funny because she was like, "What was with security?" I was like, "Yeah, I heard like apparently the band requested it," and so then she Instagram she goes, she was like, "A legion after a very intimate pat down or something <laughs> like it was something like that." It was yeah, and then um, uh, but then during the Able of Scaris. They there was this one security dude who I don't know if he was super high or just like really tired because he kept like I kept looking at him and he's like he would have his he's leaning on the wall and he has eyes closed but every time he'd open his eyes he'd find somebody filming on their cell phone and he'd go up to him and be like don't film and you're like you do know that this is a metal show like at Le Voice on Rouge like this uh and so it was weird because he would go around but and so what some people would do is they would wait till like he walked past them to like go tell somebody else and then they would start but but, like apparently taking pictures was fine so i'm not really sure how you distinguish but then one guy so like the security guy's like right here and this dude is here and he's got like his girlfriend in front of him so he puts his arm around his girlfriend and then he put he held up his phone like next to her head so the guy couldn't see (laughs) Damn. Because he was close enough that he didn't need to like yeah, film yeah. over people. It was like second row. It was really funny. Oh, um, but like, yeah. So not really anything to say about that show. <laughs> that would be great. If you you should have been like, uh, I work for Instagram. Yeah, Give him a right. car. No, no. <laughs> I thought I thought about doing that. I thought about being uh, like, uh, I actually am here. I'm, I'm here on behalf of Instagram. <laughs> Here's my card that says Swing Skillionaire on it. I too am here on behalf of Instagram. You can see I have their app on my phone, and that's how you know that I am here for I'd be Instagram. Like, but I have a special version of the app. Let me show it to you. Um, the the yeah so it was weird because uh like I, it was like what are you trying to accomplish mm-hmm. like do you not want people to know because the other thing about navel of scars is and i've said this on this show before their albums are terrible but they're but i will go see them live because like all the problems are either they're they're actually somewhat addressed like they they do things and you know, like, that I have a problem with on the album, and I'm like, they're not doing that. That's great. And then also, live has a tendency to wash over a lot of mistakes just because the mix is never great, right? Yeah. And I'm like, you really want people to know that you're this good live because if they're, if they're, if your marketing material for your live show is your album, like, yeah. I would, like, I saw them the first time live by accident. Like, they were <laughs> on the, a bill with right. Black Crown Initiate. I was going to stay for two songs. But then I was like, this is good. Uh, I'll stay for the whole thing. Like, so I don't know why they didn't want people filming their set. Mm-hmm. But uh, but also the thing with the, with the pat down, like, I don't. It could also be the venue thing. It could be La Poisson Rouge's. Uh, no, because they let people film during Legion. And, and. Oh, so it was just right, during. Right. And, and, oh, and okay. the thing about the, like, with the pat down, them being like, oh, it's the band. Oh, right, I, right, Is right. it because yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Australian and they're like, America's like 
full of terrorists or something. Like and they got they're they're, they're going to put up their phone and then it's got a gun behind it and like right. Well, like <laughs> yes. I said, I could have brought my C four in because <laughs> yeah, yeah. security yeah. was just like we'll take all that stuff out, but we're not going to like go through it or anything. Yeah. So whatever, that was weird. Um, but uh, yeah. So you know, maybe maybe go see that that show if you like metal shows. Um, because it's okay. Uh, but yeah, that that's it. Do we, do we have any other shows, or can can I talk about the night before uh, that? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay, so the night before the night, Thanksgiving Eve, Eve. Uh, so Ivan and I went to the Met to see the Exterminating Angel, which uh, is the is Thomas Otis's new opera at the Met. And so I have this thing about the Met, which is like even if. Even if the it's some opera I don't really want to see, like I don't know, like dainty Italian music, right? <laughs> yeah, like it's still entertaining because it's like it's not really it's not really bad music. It's just kind of goofy and yeah. antiquated at this point. But um, the but the sets are like amazing. Like just the production quality of everything at the Met is is insane. So it's always worth going. So. Um, so this opera is based on a, a, a Mexican film from like the '60s of the same name, which I I haven't seen. I didn't know anything. But like, I didn't read plot synopsis or anything because mm. I'm like, it's in English. I don't need to like, I don't need to know anything going in. Like, I I can just pay attention and it'll be fine. Uh, so it was terrible. <laughs> it was the it was the second worst opera I've ever seen. And and the worst one I saw was a student opera at, at MIT <laughs> that blatantly ripped off. Like it wasn't recompose. It was like quotes. It was it was literally he just like not the whole thing, but there were tons of quotes. And I feel like the the composer probably thought the music was obscure enough that no one would know. Mm-hmm. He probably didn't think like I was gonna show up to it. I, I'm <laughs> sure he didn't even know who I was, but like that this guy who happens to know bizarre 20th century music extensively and also has a bizarrely accurate uh you know musical memory would show up to your show so so that that was that was just garbage that that opera was comically bad so this was frustratingly bad because um because it probably should have been comically bad but then there is no comedy when you realize that millions of dollars have gone into the production of it right <laughs> yeah um so it was bad there w- there w- there wasn't really any music it was just like incidental sounds that happened <laughs> like there was no themes there um there's only like three parts so it's like you know two hours and 45 minutes with a 30 minute intermission so it's like two two fifteen two twenty somewhere around there uh, of, of music and there's only three points in which there's like chords okay and one of those is a Bach quote he plays a Bach crowd because so um there were live sheep on stage I just want to point that out <laughs> I this is first um for me I, I I don't know that I've ever seen live sheep in New York <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen live sheep in a concert hall uh don't think I've ever seen live sheep at an opera um so 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 kind of like the low rumble before track angren or however you say it <laughs> the it was weird because we got there and the the curtain was actually up and and the sheep were on stage so so <laughs> they just sort of like jumped right into it there wasn't this the usual fanfare of like oh the um 
the, we raised the chandeliers, which if you've never been to the Met, it's actually super cool. It's like one of the coolest <laughs> things. And last year, the chandeliers were being repaired and they didn't do that. And I felt really bad because I took someone that hadn't been in the app before. And I was like, they're going to raise these chandeliers. And then I was like, that didn't happen. And now I'm <laughs> super they, embarrassed. Uh, were they still being fixed when we went for Lulu? Yeah, it was all last year. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't see this. I didn't see yeah. The well, so... And I'm glad I remembered soon. this because this is, this is another detail. So the so the chandeliers were down, but the curtain was up. Then they just start, and then what they they actually use the chandeliers as part of the production. So like, I guess the movie is really weird, and it's one of those movies where you're like not you're not given definitive answers about mm-hmm. what's going on. So the general gist um, is that like. So I'm I'm actually confused by a lot of things about this about this piece uh, or about the even the movie is um because i'm not sure if you're supposed to sympathize with the with the with the characters or not because they're like rich they're people in mexico at like a fancy dinner party hmm. so i don't know if they're if they're you know they're supposed to be like aristocracy that you're like oh fuck these people right like um but so so it starts with everyone coming to this dinner party and there being issues kind of with the help. And and so then, like, when the party's going to begin, like, the chandeliers go up. And then that that scene about everyone showing up and the dinner party, they do it again. The chandeliers come back down. They, like, exact same thing happens with some differences in what the help does. And then uh-huh. the chandeliers go up again. Okay, so then what happens is they have this dinner party and then, like, everyone decides instead of leaving, they're they're just going to sleep over. And then the next morning, they're like, How, hey, why did why did none of us even, like, think to go home? And they're like, I don't know. And it turns out, oh, it's all spooky. They're stuck in this, in this mansion, whatever. And then, like, the one woman goes to the restroom and she's like, I opened the toilet and w- there wasn't water. I could see, like, we're, we're like floating or something like it's just like things don't make sense aren't it's not explained Uh they have no food and water so they eventually like chisel through the living room floor (laughs) and find a spring like 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 nothing makes sense okay and then um like all these people gather outside because they hear like oh there's these people trapped but apparently i thought the thing was floating somewhere i don't like again nothing makes sense oh another thing um i'm really only getting all of this because i told you it's in english right um, but I can't understand a thing they're singing because apparently intelligibility is no longer important, which <laughs> I don't know when I was school in school, I was told it was very important that you, uh, write things that could be intelligible, which I yeah. guess as an English speaker, that doesn't necessarily come across because you're used to listening to music in languages you don't know. So you're, it's not really like ingrained in you whether yeah. or not something's intelligible or not, because mm-hmm. it's like, well, whatever she said, I don't know what it is. But Otis has just completely discarded that. And and he has them sing, like, uh, they're not melodies, lines that sometimes that are, like, ridiculously high for no reason, but they completely destroy the diction of, of anything. So I'm reading I'm reading the Met titles the entire time, even though it's in English, <laughs> which was beyond ridiculous. Um, and and so what was I talking about? I was talking about, oh, yeah, the people are gathered outside, and, and but, like, they can't go in, and they try to send somebody's kid in and like the whole thing was just super weird and so then like at some point near the end uh you know like they uh they managed to to leave um but like 
but it's gone on and and actually like i didn't know because again i didn't know the thing and like i was saying like i got i kind of didn't care i was uh-huh. like i was like i don't care if they die because i'm completely unsympathetic to any of these yeah. characters but again i don't know if that was the <laughs> point or not right because they're aristocracy and they seem like terrible people like because it's one okay it's so um you know, it, when people talk about, like, the psychological experiments, like, all the stuff about, you know, prisoner's dilemma and all this stuff, right? Like, you create these synthetic environments to find out how people will act. And so, on one hand, it could be that, like, it, you know, uh, it, it's one of those deals where you say, okay, well, the only reason the people did a lot of shitty things were, was because they were in this impossible situation, right? But the whole, the whole point of Lord of the Flies is they don't get a pass for being in an impossible situation. It's still like a savagery. Like people are crazy. Uh, So I don't, I don't know. So they get, so they get out, but then like at the beginning where that scene happens twice for without any explanation or reason, whatever, like every, like it sort of implies that like things are sort of starting over and like, but again, I didn't really get it. Like I didn't, I don't know what was happening because nothing was clear. Um, and then, oh, and then one other production note was, so there's a bunch of like, um, electronics, uh, like there's an Owens Martineau that's featured extensively. Um, and as Ivan pointed out, he goes, why did, he's like, like you never, you never hear orchestral works like, or not at like big houses. I mean, you do hear, there are lots of orchestral works that use like samples and stuff, but you never hear one where like someone is playing keys, right? People play piano, people play celesta, but no one is ever, like, playing a Korg and, like, using patches, right? He's like, why did the progression of the synthesizer stop at the Owens Martineau for the concert hall? Because there's a fair, like, Messian did it, but he, mm. when he did it, it was contemporary. Mm. But then everyone else since then has just been like, oh, yeah, use that. Because yeah. all, the, all the pieces that use, like, the DX7 and stuff were not these kind of pieces. They yeah. were, like, weird electronic or chamber pieces or whatever. Mm. So, so they have this Owens Martino, and they have these. There's some samples and stuff, and this would make sense if it were opening night, but this was closing night. They should have had this shit hammered out by now. The balance was terrible. Like there are sections where I see the string players working really hard, and I'm like, why are you having them do that? Because I can't hear them over this sample. Like, <laughs> like, and, not, and I'm not talking about like they're playing and then right. the sample happens and then like it's over a second later. Like, no, it's like a three minute sample <laughs> and they're just going like this and I'm like, I don't know. There's music. I just hear the sample. Oh. Like, and so it's like, well, if it was a balance problem, they would have solved it night two, right? But yeah. this is the last night, which makes me think like, if that's how they, they wanted it. Ugh. Like, so just like the whole thing was a disaster. So, um, like I, I wanted to leave actually, if I w- wasn't there with Ivan, I, w- I would have yeah. left at intermission because it was acts one. It was the first two acts were before intermission and mm-hmm. then just act three. I would have left. It was, it was awful. Um, so then hilariously the next day I went to the Juilliard bookstore, uh, cause I needed sheet music or not sheet music, um, staff paper and I needed it like ASAP. So I wasn't going to order it on Amazon and I'm going to check out. And the guy in line in front of me was like, yeah, it was just like, it was just garbage and blah, blah. And I go, you are, you aren't by chance talking about the exterminating angel, are you? And he's like, he's like, yeah. I'm like, I saw it last night. It was the second worst opera I've ever seen. And he looks at me and he goes, 
thank you. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I was there with. So like the like the whole concert music scene has this weird like emperor's new clothes oh, thing yeah, yeah, to totally, it, right? Totally. And he was like, he's like, no one has the balls to say that. I'm like. Well, uh, I'm on this podcast <laughs> where we definitely have the balls to say yeah. it. And he was like, yeah, it was just awful. And like, no one gets that or is willing to say it. And I'm like, he's like, it's like, it's a crime to write contemporary music that people might want to listen to. I'm like, yeah, uh, I got a day job because, because uh, <laughs> that was very apparent to me and I write whatever the fuck I want and I don't have to worry about whether or not I'm going to be given a grant. Uh, yeah. cause I can pay my rent anyway. Yeah, it, I mean it's it's bad. Like the yeah. uh, oh, he, he was like he was like this he's like this is it. This is the end of our community. And I was like, <laughs> I can understand why you'd feel that. And I already fled, so uh, <laughs> it's not really my community anymore. Yeah. So like, there you go. But if you want to talk about it, we have a safe space for disliking <laughs> music, <laughs> right? No, and I actually I said I go. I was like, do you, uh, you want to come on the podcast? He's like he's like oh, I need to do it anonymously. I'm like. It's a video podcast. Uh, well, I mean, we, hey, we could always we go can... back to Lucha, Luca Mask. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to brown bag, but yeah, Luchador Mask would be better. Yeah. Um, but whatever, like, it was bad. Uh, I'm considering writing a letter to the editor <laughs> to, like, New York Times or New York or something, because, I mean, it was bad. It was really bad. Yeah. It was bad. Don't, well, it runs over. Otherwise, I would tell you, don't go see it. <laughs> yeah. But maybe next time someone is considering Thomas Ades for something, be like, no, my exterminating angel exterminated any desire I had to interact with his music. Ugh. It was really, it was really bad. It was really, really, really bad. Oh, also bizarrely. So Ivan said a lot of the lines were just lines lifted from the movie. And I was so like, okay. But then I, so then I go, wait, was there a librettist on this? And he's like, let's look. Yes. And I was like, so there was a dude whose job it was to like pick lines out of the movie. <laughs> wow. That it didn't matter because you weren't going to be able to understand them anyway. They, it was, oh. it was, it was an unmitigated disaster. I have nothing good. To, like there were sheep on stage. That was cool. But like, but I've nothing, I've nothing good to say about this. Nothing. Yeah. It was awful. Wow. Well, yeah, and uh, yeah, it goes to show that he was like, yeah, I'd have to do it anonymously. It's like, listen, somebody's got to speak out yeah, yeah. about how music is bad. Look, I'm super woke. So, like, it, if I'm carrying the mantle. So woke, I can't sleep. <laughs> so, so woke, I can't sleep. I If I'm carrying the mantle of, uh, what is it, uh, uh, concert music truthers? What's, what, what, if, <laughs> oh, what, what, yeah. what can a... Um, uh, I don't know. We'll have to come up with a name for that for Music Wars. Uh, it, I feel like it should be something Justice Warriors. Um, I don't know. Maybe I can think of something with hilarious acronym. I'll just work backwards. We'll, we'll think of something. We'll think of something. But I'm right right now. I'm the I'm the only one not afraid to speak the truth. Speak truth to. I, I mean, it's not really speak truth to power because, like, again, the concert music community is a lot of power there. Not a lot of power there. It's a lot of begging for corporate grants. Yeah. Uh, speak truth to terribleness. <laughs> to, uh, but yeah, very, very emperor's new clothes. That's mm -hmm. that's my take. Yep. It was bad. Let the Met know that you don't appreciate them. <laughs> like yeah, they're a cultural institution. If this is our culture, we're fucked. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. Pe like people, I know a lot of times people like there's this weird dichotomy, right? Because in other country, like in countries that have an ethnic identity, 
they do this thing where they want to they want to perform stuff by living composers from um you know from their country to sort of like export their culture yeah and but so but like we have no desire to do that in part because american culture is already exported everywhere right but then people have this idea of like oh but like if justin bieber is what we're exporting like that that doesn't look great and i'm like well it's way fucking better than this (laughs) i mean i mean odds is he's english like he's not Uh american he's english so it's not ours but i mean it's we're not immune to this like a lot like uh carter right was probably like one of the biggest american composers for a long time um in part because like he's friends with james levine and he would always program his stuff i mean like carter's arguably even even worse than this because because this was just like one terrible thing going on when all of carter's pieces are like it's like three bad pieces played at once like that that was his whole gimmick was that he was like oh there's like all this stuff going on and i'm like oh all this stuff that like you can't like if do you think if someone showed you a movie that was the screen was split in three and there were three movies going on and all of them were very involved and everyone there was always someone talking in each frame like all the time do you think anyone would claim that like this like this is this is a good experience right like like i don't again i don't know much about like film and tv and stuff so uh somebody did something well they tried to do it uh without it being stupid okay and it was um I, I I don't remember the, like any of the specifics. I yeah. just remember there was this movie, and somebody's like the future of cinema, <laughs> right? And it had like it was like it was uh, partially just because I think it, it was around when when digital editing really opened things up, and it wasn't like you didn't have to you splice film, right? Yeah. You don't have to splice film anymore and tape it back together. Uh, and this there was some movie that was like four panels or like up to four panel like and so it was multiple cameras going on at the same time but it was written such that like you could focus it was supposed to help you focus on the story like there would be one main dialogue and it right, was but, timed but that's, but that's my point it was right. at least in service right. of and that's like what I'm a they, story they tried to do that correctly it's still right. didn't it, it work it failed but it yeah. was at least they at least their heart was in the right place right, right. right. It, that's what i'm saying like i don't really know anything about film but the limited like criticisms that I have read of film, like oftentimes emphasize like, is this effective storytelling? Right. right? And and um, even oh, so like we were talking yesterday, there's a new H. Bomber guy out. He has one where he talks about VHS, which I oh, feel that is really, really important because yes. especially because we hate on vinyl so much. But he talks about how the limitations of the medium actually impact your perception in yeah. a way that services the story. And so like. And it's one of these deals where this is the exact opposite. Like, like this shit, like Carter completely detracts from the intelligibility. It's just, it's just a, a swamp of <laughs> yeah. unintelligibility. And you're just like, what the fuck? Your brain doesn't work that way. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's terrible. Um, yeah. Concert music is, uh, uh, is dying because it wants to die. Apparently it's yeah. suicidal or masochistic or something. And yeah. it, oh, and it hates, it's, uh, my buddy terry when slayer put out uh god hates us all he goes it should be called slayer hates their fans <laughs> but i feel like concert music is like we hate our patrons like yeah. that's that's the that's well yeah the i mean i remember uh when i was in in college and like uh i had a friend who was a composition major and i think it was around the same time that you started doing composition and and then i ended up taking like the first year of composition at uw 
But yet it was, and so I went to some recitals and stuff and it was just so weird oh, because yeah. on the one hand, I was really excited about it in terms of the information they were teaching, right? In terms of, uh, you know, serialism and set theory and stuff like this. And I was like, oh, that's cool. There's some really cool stuff. There's, there's some cool stuff that exists that uses this. And then it was like, and here's the new generation of composer and it was just like what is this crap right, right. It'd be, like right. it'd be like it'd be like if you were going to uh you were going to learn engineering right and they were like dude we can build a rocket that goes to space but um what you're gonna do is you're gonna build a giant wrecking ball and destroy your family's home <laughs> like, like, yes. you're like wait, why why that's not what i want to do can we build, can we build the rocket shut up <laughs> destroy your family's home and you're like why i like them and it's like no this is this is what we're about this is what we're about yes. and if you if you are not with that then then you go build your rocket ship somewhere else have fun financing that and i was like okay i will finance that but yeah yeah i mean so it was you know it was always a mixed bag like there would be like one cool piece you know because somebody was like oh that's a cool idea yeah. and then there'd be a bunch of other ones where it was just like listen <laughs> We can't like not give them the degrees. Like we gotta, like we gotta. What standard can we maintain and still get people to pay us tuition and then give them a degree in composition? And like, yeah. Uh, I remember. I mean, at least it was interesting because, like, I had the one professor who seemed like, uh really good, and partially because of his attitude, and because he did tell people stuff was crap a lot of the time. And like, I remember the first piece, the first homework assignment I turned in was terrible. And he was basically like, okay, so here, see, you're in the key of G. I'm like, <laughs> I like the key of G. What's wrong with the key of G? It's like, the point of this to not be in a key. This is atonal music. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. But it was great. You know, that's like, you want that in a professor uh, to some degree. You want them to be like honest and yeah. be like, listen, uh, I mean, do whatever you want in your free time. Like this one dude in the class was like, uh, really into musical theater and he just wanted to write musical theater and the guy was and, and I remember someone else in the class kind of being like okay so like why are you taking composition right? because like just take theory class like no and I, I actually had to say that to somebody in grad school he was an undergrad and he was just like he's like he's like I don't want to do any of this and I was like well maybe you should go somewhere else and do something yeah. else then yeah. like that's a perfectly valid life choice yeah but uh, don't like it's like it's like you know, I'm like, uh, I didn't want to take forestry, so I didn't take any forestry <laughs> classes. Like, you know, yeah. uh, do something else with your time, buddy. Yeah, it's it's weird. So I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. It's uh, weird, and and like you know, everything market wise in terms of like, there's I I think it's also they're so far from. It's so far from marketable that they're like, why worry well, about? Well, that's the thing is there's been there's, the, you know, people talk about the pendulum. Right? right. And and the deal was like 10, 15 years ago, all the stuff that orchestras were performing was actually like they were trying to be marketable. And mm -hmm. so um, you would get uh, you get a lot of like crossover stuff. So like um a big draw for orchestras are the soloists, right? Because you can sell not just the music, but the personality. And so, but so all the soloists, instead of playing like Tchaikovsky for the billionth time or like Sibelius, cause it's hard, like they would come and play like, uh, I don't know, some, you know, Christmas music garbage or like what, or like they, or they, or they would do a collaboration with some indie band. Right. 
And then the orchestras started playing. They were doing like that Zelda music or like we're playing Lord of yeah. the Rings. Yeah, there's a lot. And you're of like, now. oh, fuck this shit. Um, and then and so then what the composers were doing was they were writing this neo-romantic like it basically just sound like Rachmaninoff. Uh-huh. But the but the what they failed to understand is that like, OK, you're like an old person, right? <laughs> no, like no one. No one is going to be attracted to this music because of who you are. Mm. So you have to you have to stand completely on the legs of the music, right? Because the thing is, like, Nick Cave, right? It's like, people know who Nick Cave is. So when he wrote a piece of garbage <laughs> concert music, yeah, people showed up. Because yeah. they were like, I love Nick Cave. No one knows who the fuck you are, old dude. So, <laughs> so like, you, all you have to stand on is the music. So then if you're going to give them something that sounds like Rachmaninoff, why wouldn't they just listen to Rachmaninoff? So yeah. the pendulum is, is, is gone. It's, it's not a pendulum. It's just been an oscillator <laughs> between, between uh, offers nothing and offers so much that it's equivalent to nothing. Right? Yeah. Like, like there's a sweet spot where it's like, okay, it's something that a person can listen to and perceive to be music, yes. but also has stuff in it that they're not going to get anywhere else. Yes. And for whatever reason, the concert music community is completely blind <laughs> right. to this. It's like, no, <laughs> it either needs to be patronizing or impenetrable. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. like that's it. Right. Well, Those was, are the two modes we have. That was my, um, that was my, the way I thought of it in around that time in music school was like, on the one hand, uh, I was always interested in, uh, you know, sort of musical progress. Like it says something, you know, trying to find things that people haven't heard. And then, but balancing that with music that humans, that well, I, the way I thought of it was that normal people can listen to, yeah. right? That the average person uh, who isn't necessarily obsessed with music, but isn't necessarily ambivalent to it can hear and go, oh, music is happening. Oh, that's interesting. But like, you know, yeah. and 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 right but this like that there's the middle gr- there's no perception of right. any middle ground because you're either like it's got to be well, if right. it's weird because enough you either have your head way up your ass from <laughs> right. being in that community or <laughs> or you've rejected it outright but like and then but then like gone off into this like I'm just, we're just going to, I want something my parents can listen to. And you're like, no, because they can already listen to Rachmaninoff, which by the way, I hate Rachmaninoff. (laughs) People don't know that. I also hate Chopin. So you can all be mad at me now. Like everyone else ever go listen to list instead. Uh, yeah, no, it's just bizarre. It's like, I don't know. It seems pretty obvious to me. Maybe someone will figure it out. I don't know. But anyway, we've got a safe space for Talking about how bad yeah. music is. It's <laughs> good. You can you can yeah. be a hater all you want. Yep. All right. Well, uh, I think we covered that pretty good. Uh, Children of Bottom was the better play your old shit tour, and the and by far the better value. Yeah. Oh yes, by far. Oh shit. So I didn't realize this. So Children of Bottom it was like thirty bucks is the best show. Then then Dream Theater was like seventy five and it was bad. And Exterminating Angel. Uh, like nor I didn't even buy the tickets I normally buy, mm. right? Which are like two twenty. I paid ninety five dollars, and that was <laughs> oh, and that was no. like that, that. Those I was like, I'll buy the, the for me the budget seats to the opera are ninety five dollars. Yeah, like I, if you wanted me to sit through that again, you would probably need to pay me three hundred bucks. <laughs> like, like it, was, <laughs> oh, it was bad. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. That's All right. that's the theme. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks for watching. Uh, like and subscribe and all that stuff. And we'll see you on the next one. I'm turning it off now. <laughs>